Released on Sunday, February 1st, 2015, This Agile Life, Episode 72, Lawyer's Worst Nightmare. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. I'm the host of This Agile Life, John Sextro. Joining me today are my co-hosts, the one and only Craig Buchak. Hey, good evening. I think you're the one and only. Uh, actually, no, there's another one with the same name. Mm, what does he do? Re- not related. Not related. Uh, main, mainly doesn't pay his bills. Whoa, that's a problem for, for you. <laughs> it, it, it actually has been, yeah. We also have with us Jason Tice. Hi, John. How we doing? I'm not quite as good as you are. I don't know Aww. what happy pills you have, but I would love a few handfuls of them. Oh, I got them from my MBA friends. <laughs> really are they uh are they uh, like doctors and pharmacists yeah. and stuff no no they're they're called scrum masters mbas is scrum masters oh yeah because they like the metrics all the mbas want to be able to measure progress okay i'm not sure i believe you but we'll go with that and that's a topic, that's a topic we should talk about which is uh whether scrum masters need to have backgrounds in actual development that would be oh, nice. Oh, oh, okay. Good. There's a pivot. Hey, who is that strange person who just gave us that great topic? Ooh, that strange person is Lee McCauley. Hey. Oh. How you doing, He's Lee? Good. How are you guys? Wonder, wonderiferous. Wonder- we, we need to call you like the Agile Doctor. The Doctor oh, of please. No. <laughs> we like agreed the, doctor we, of, the Doctor of Love. We agreed we wouldn't <laughs> talk about that anymore. Oh. Let's jump in and start talking about something else. So a while back, we asked a few people, actually our whole mailing list, our mailing list is up to over 200 people now. Wow. Thank you all for subscribing to our mail list. And if you'd like to join, you can do that by going to thisagilelife.com and uh, signing up on our opt-in form that pops up. Our first topic tonight has been sent to us by Chris Morgan. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot for being out there listening and for sending us this topic suggestion. His suggestion for a topic is how much time is considered healthy for an agile team to spend improving themselves. And he lists a couple of a bunch of different uh, axes across which you could improve the code, which isn't really the team improving themselves. I would say coding practices, technical debt, agile processes, collaboration, quality, and all of these things require time, he says, to take, uh, takes time to improve them. So which of those would you like to start with, Jason Tice? Uh, Well, I want to start with this initial question, which how much time is considered healthy for an agile team to spend improving themselves? And I'm going to lean forward here and say that I think that that's something the team should do almost continuously. So just, just improve themselves all the time. No, no don't get any work done. <laughs> I th- no, no, because that's where I think if you are aligning to the values and principles of Agile, you should be doing things to think about improvement as part of your work. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, he's asking how much to take away from work to work on sharpening your saws, as the pragmatic programmers like to say. 
Okay, so why why don't we go down his list? So um so code. Okay. Well, so do you want to do you want to restate your answer? Or you still want to stick with I'm going to stick with, of your time. I, I'm going to say that if I'm working on a team, regardless of what I'm doing, I should be asking myself or asking my pair questions about: Are there things I could do to do what I'm doing better? Yeah, but are you going to do that instead of code, or are you going to do that occasionally while you're coding? Well. Okay, let's 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 take the code as an example. So I suppose we we've identified some architectural flaws in our code base. Okay? And so we've had a retrospective. So we we well, had a You retro- had a retrospective. You took time away from Well, coding. no, no, no. No, no. Coding. Okay. Yeah. Okay, as usual it's me complex example. I know these are bad, but let me try. M B A. Okay. Three well, letters. M B A. So so we had a retro. That's a good thing. Okay. Principle, the 12th principle of the Agile Manifesto says do something to reflect. So we had a retro. We identified some architectural flaws in our code. We identified some design patterns that we were going to try to use in our code base better. And we wrote them on a big poster and hung it in our team area. And so then if that's up there, what I'm coding on the story, I want to try to be using and learning those. How much time did that take? That's saying that I have a reminder and I'm and if I'm using that, maybe I need to look at Google. Maybe I need to go to Stack Overflow and, and get no, some no, help. No, no, how, how, no. Uh, how long did it take you to collect all those insights and write them on sticky notes and whatever else you said you did? Well, OK, so let me let me explain where I'm going, because, John, I could sit down in my team area, and say, you know what? I don't give a darn about what we talked about in the retro and I'm just going to sling some code and copy and paste it and get a story done. That's not improving. So what I'm saying is as a member of the team, when I'm working on a story and I'm coding, I have a deliberate focus. I say, hey, as a team, we agreed we want to try to use these design patterns because they'll improve our code base. And so I'm thinking about that personally. I'm asking other people on my team about that. I had called a turnaround to say, hey, I don't understand how to use this design pattern and this as I'm refactoring this. Okay, someone please come help me. So I'm doing those things. Tice, you're like you're like a lawyer's nightmare. You don't you don't answer the question. <laughs> well, I, okay, but that's what I'm saying. So I think there is a way you could code and not think about improvement. And what I'm saying here is, I would say that there's a way that I'm attempting to describe. You can debate how good I'm doing it, where I'm coding and I'm thinking about improving how I code as I'm actually working on stories. Okay, but you have to think about the code that you're writing. Sometimes you know you can't think about improving systems processes the way you code the way you collaborate while you're coding very much well okay so I mean, you can a- you can keep those things in mind and you can like oh yeah we should probably work on this but at a certain point you're going to focus on the code that's why we pair so we can focus well yeah and again all in truth truth and advertising the first thing i did says we had a retrospective so yes the team took a break from coding or whatever they were doing and they went into an area and they had a focused discussion to identify improvement so, so oh, we did that. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is the activity that came out of that retro, then we, we fought, we went to implement it in our regular work activities. Right. But how long? So let's put it another way. How long do you take focused on team improvement versus focusing on other things while working on improving the team? See, so, now that, 
that's like a double-ended question too. So I'm. Oh my god! I, I think the team again. Focus, they, focus. Do you understand the word focus? Yeah, I do. I do. I think you're overthinking the situation. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I can. I, can I answer? Yeah, Craig, you answer. Then we'll, we'll talk uh, my, about your answer. My my answer is between five percent and twenty five percent of your time, and I, and I lean more towards ten to twenty percent. And so you know, if I do one hour a day, that's that's twelve percent. Um, if I did two hours a day, that's, that's 25%. So, so, you know, Google has their 20% time, um, where you can work on sort of side projects or open source or, um, improving yourself. That would be, you know, near the maximum. Um, but one hour day seems like a good return on investment. Um, pretty much you're usually going to have like an hour or two for retrospective per week. Most people probably average, excuse me, closer to a uh, oh, one hour a week or a little less. Um, but so the, I think the question here is, you know, management sees code as doing work and everything else is not doing work, right? And, and the trick is to spend your time usefully. Let's say you're spending 10% of your time. If I spend 10% of my time trying to improve myself, trying to sharpen my tools and get better at what I'm doing. If I could make a, let's say a a 1% improvement every week at the end of a year, I'm going to be, you know, 60% faster than I was before. That would be amazing. If I could spend 10% of my time and get 60% faster or better. Think about that compound interest on improving yourself. Go ahead. Craig, I agree. I think that's great. But I, I, what I, want, I want you to, to explain a little bit more now. So you, uh, let's pretend I'm your, your, your manager, okay? You're telling me, you know, we've, we've written all these user stories. We've got them in the backlog. We've got our tech and all this stuff. And there's a lot of work to do. And you're telling me, in addition to that work, you want one hour a day. So if you're working, say, eight hours a day, you know, a lot of people do that. You want to only really work on the, the user stories seven hours a day. And then one hour a day, you get to just go do stuff. What are you going to be doing? Well, I think the manager probably wants me to respond to his emails, and that doesn't even count in your eight hours, does no, it? No, it doesn't. So, okay, so <laughs> that's fine. So, so basically, we could do things to not improve that he's okay with, right? Well, I guess what I'm asking you, to, where, I'm, where I'm probing is to say, what are you doing? I mean, is this like doing code katas, uh, doing some puzzles, you know, like, like, like doing some, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, I know in the past we've picked, we've plugged code school. Is it like doing stuff like that? Like learning on the job? Uh, it could be, could be, could be any of those things. It's anything to improve. It, the question is not, is not here from Chris. Chris's question is not, what are the activities that you do to improve? The question is, what's a fair amount of time or how much is the appropriate amount of time for a team to spend improving? Forget about yeah. what the activities are that we're, we're taking to improve. Well, yeah, but John, understand if someone's listening to this and, they, and they're interested in trying to maybe do this as an experiment, they might have to go to their, their, their management or their leadership and say, hey, I would like some time to improve. And here are the things I'm going to do that will help me improve in that time. Well, you know who's the good person to uh, suggest those things? The person that wants to improve in something. So they'll figure that out. Okay. So, I mean, and, and I brought up the, the perception. So he says the perception is that doing those things takes the team away from developing new, te- new features. 
and slows them down. My argument is it doesn't slow you down in the long term. If I could make, if I could spend 10% of my time and make a 1% improvement every week, that would pay for itself several times over. So you make an excellent point, Craig. And this is where I think all people listening need to uh, key into what Craig said. And you're probably going to have to make a similar point. We don't just improve because we want to, you know, pad our resume, right? It's, it can't just be an, it, it's, a, it's a me only thing for improving. If it's just me, then there's less value to the team. There's less value to the company. There's less val- value to the project. However, if by me working on me and improving can bring some value to the team, then it can bring some value to the project. It can help us. You equated it to helping us go faster, being more efficient, maybe having higher quality code, then that's something that you can justify and you can sell. And I think the most important thing to think about here with this is how do you explain it to a product owner or how do you explain it to your manager to say we should take time to do things to improve ourselves? If you just stop there, we think, yeah, that'd be nice to do, but why should we do that, right? We could be working on features. We could be uh, writing documentation. We could be doing the thing, the stories that are on the board. Why should we take time to improve and how much is an appropriate amount of time to spend on that? Well, what, one of the things that he doesn't talk about that Chris didn't really ask in his question that, of course, I'm going to bring up and then someone who's been quiet will talk about is I think a lot of times he mentioned go faster, but we're implying a lot about how we measure if the improvements actually provide value. So I think that that really says to to be able to do this, to have the system where you're improving, you need to have measurements to say, we're going to try doing this, some improvement. How are we going to know if it's working? So Lee, what do you think about that? I think, I think if you can uh, decide and find out a metric that works for you, absolutely do it. That, that is the key. You've got to be able to convince management ultimately. So it's nice for us to sit here and, and talk about, oh, we should be improving all the time. But unless you can actually quantify it, uh, at least in, at some level, then uh, I, don't think, I don't think management is going gonna, is gonna to back you for too, for too long. Oh my goodness, Lee! Lee said we need a metric. I'm, yay! Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you need a metric, but you at least need a good case, like a business case, like something well, an MBA and, would develop. Well, and I will say, I will say, I will say or, okay. to to, uh, to Jason's credit, numbers talk. Yeah, and the one that I'll, I'll put this on my pick later, but there's even something like it's called the experiment canvas, or um, from Toyota, the the A3 template, a way that you almost define an experiment. And so in this case, the experiment will be doing something to improve, you know, code cut is whatever you want to do. But in the process of filling out the template, it's like a piece of paper. You have to define a hypothesis and you also have to define how you're going to measure the outcome. And I think what happens, I see a lot of teams out there that they say they're trying to improve and they're, they're doing great stuff. They're having retros, they're doing code katas, they're, they're refactoring, they're doing analysis of their code to see how complex it is and trying to make it better but they don't have enough measurements to know if what they're doing is actually working. So that's, that's, I think when people start to get confused and, and, and I didn't encourage them to say how, you know, like Lee said, figure out how to measure it so you can know if you're on track. 
So I like the I, hypothesis me, idea, science. I, I, I totally agree with all of that, but I, I have to say that from being out in the field, it's very hard to come up with really good metrics. Uh, I've struggled with this for years, and teams that I've been on have all struggled with this. And some, some have found things in, in certain areas that work, and other, other times it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't. So despite the fact that we can talk about it, that doesn't mean that it's an easy thing to do. And don't give up just because you find something and it didn't work. The other problem is how many variables are there in a development team? You know, how do you know that it was the one variable that you changed versus, you know, the thousand twenty eight others? So so can I can I ask can I ask a question? Because like, I think this is an interesting conversation that a lot of people struggle with. Could you give an example? Because I think sometimes kind of like Craig was challenging me earlier. I think sometimes people overthink just how simple a, a measurement or an indicator could be. So what's something that you've had a, you've struggled to measure? Just just as an example, if you can think of one. Um, well, uh, for example, we've struggled to, to measure, uh, code quality, right? Uh, is our code actually getting better? And so you can do occasionally if you've got all the right things in place and you've been, and your team has been around long enough and you've got a good history, then you might can, can use bug, uh, bug issues, right? Um, how many of those are you getting? Um, and what are the severities, that kind of thing. But that's something that that you have to have a, a good amount of, of history with before you can, you can do that at least easily. I've got a couple ones that are hard to measure. Okay. Uh, collaboration. How do you measure how much you're collaborating? Another one is happiness. How, how, you know, how happy is your team? Um, the, the happiness one is actually a little simpler than you might think to measure. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> Ask you, people you, to just rank, you know, or, uh, you know, just say, uh, how happy are you from one? Yeah. To in collaboration, you you listen. Um, so listen. that's not a metric. Yeah, but that's that's not a metric. Uh, well, okay, it's a feeling, but you can quantify it. Or I have actually, um, I've measured collaboration on teams by actually looking at how they use tools and look for patterns in tools where teams are using the tool as a as a uh, to replace face to face collaboration. Wait, so, no. Well, like how many kittens? <laughs> that a negative like metric? Many- like how many kitten pictures get pasted into Slack every day? <laughs> well, you guys laugh, oh, but that, that's a real metric, you know? So if, if you know that if you have a team that, and, and I guess I'll share this as maybe as the call it the business side, John, if I'm, if I'm running a team or I'm investing in a team and I'm investing for that team to work together face to face, and then I go into their tool and I see extensive conversations in the comments feature back and forth between two people that sit next to each other every day. I would question it. That's a that's a metric. If you see that pattern and you can measure that, that's a demonstration. You've got a collaboration problem. Wait, wait, wait. Face to is, face. That, is that good or bad? That you, so you're saying that's a problem. Well, I, I'm but, back, but if I, you're not, but if you don't sit next to each other and you're actually writing in your ticketing system, that could actually be a good thing. So that that's a bit of a. Well, tough thing to call a metric. Well, what I'm saying is you have to look at the context, but right. a lot of times people don't realize, especially with all the tooling these days and all the auditing that most people have to do when they write software, you know, to see who changed what for compliance. There's a lot of data that you can you can you can extract valuable insights from. 
All right. I think we've gotten a little off the question here. Yeah. Well, but, but again, I guess, I guess the key thing is, and Craig, you even, you even used some great examples when you said happiness, you know, that's easy to measure. You, you put the color, the, the card box in your team area. And if you had a good day, you put a green card in. If you had a bad day, you put a red card in and you do it for a week. And in retrospective, you open up the box and you see how many red cards there were. And if there's a lot of red cards, you talk about it and you say what the problem is. Yeah. Well, I've, I like the happiness metric for, for retrospectives, but I actually had a team where it backfired when people were so um, disgruntled that they stopped caring and they stopped actually being truthful about their answers about how happy they were. Well, uh, maybe, maybe to end the thread and get us back on track, I'd love to have some some really challenging scenarios pro- proposed by listeners of things that they want to measure and they don't know how to, because I think many times I've observed people, again, they try to overthink what they need to measure. And many times it's simple and it's sitting right in front of them. All right, let's get back to the, the question. And, and I don't think John's really chimed in here much. You know, how, how, what's, what's a good amount of time for a team to spend on self-improvement? I, I would go with uh, four or five hours a week. That's, that's about what I was at, which is about 10 to 12%. And, so and I think, you know, the majority of that is probably... <laughs> organized and then I, I sorry reverse that the the minority of that is some sort of organized retrospective and then the mm-hmm. other the other uh you know 70 percent of 60 70 percent of that time being spent on things like you were mentioning craig where it's an independent improvement uh you're working on uh you're maybe doing some exploration on a tool that you guys are planning to use and you're going to work on learning some about that ahead of time, uh, maybe even answering questions on Stack Overflow or, you know, reading questions on Stack Overflow or things, things like that to keep your, your uh, saw sharpened. I really like that, that metaphor. So um, one thing that I do is uh, throughout the day, I'll notice uh, something that bothers me with my ID or my text editor or my browser or, or something, and I'll make a note of it. And at the end of the day, when there's some slack time, you know, if if my pair leaves, you know, a little bit earlier, half an hour earlier, say, than I do or something like that, um, or someone goes and reads some email uh, and, and I've, I've got some alone time, I'll actually go to my list and work on fixing that and, and configuring my text editor to bind a keystroke or something like that to just make Craig, myself Craig, just if, a little bit faster. If you would stop using Emacs, it would be easier. Uh, I had, I stopped using Emacs about 10 years ago. I, I'd like to try to start again. <laughs> so uh, VI, Vim is really configurable and has terrible defaults too. So <laughs> you could use my ID. It's called Microsoft word. <laughs> okay. I thought you I were, was, I thought you coded in I PowerPoint. Joking. Ah, no, oh, I code on the bunch of <laughs> Okay, John, I got a question. I got a real life for you here. I appreciate what you and Craig are saying. Because, you know, you're motivated, you're involved, you're on the team. I'm on your team. I'm apathetic. I don't care. And I say, hey, I get an hour. I'm checking out. I'm going to work on my fantasy sports. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm just going to I'm going to space out. I'm just going to sit in the corner and stare at the wall. Is that is that actually going to help you? Uh, Well, what I'm saying is. Are you just a jerk? Well, okay, I'm a jerk, but I'm on your team. Agile can't help. Agile can't help that. Well, <laughs> but real life, hi, 
people have okay. this out there. So what, I didn't. What, I didn't say it can't be solved. I said Agile can't help that. Okay, but but that's so. Put it this way: that's that's why you know management has a lot of criticism and they challenge this practice of providing teams autonomy to go do this because there are a lot of people out there that do abuse the system or abuse the privilege. And so what do we do about that? Because I think that's where this breaks down. And and because what I see here in Chris's question, he's like looking for an entitlement to say that, yes, as a team, we get 10 hours a week or whatever the number is to go do this stuff. And that's a that's a that's a course correction for basically not being given autonomy to do what he thinks is right on his team. So let me get this straight. You want to treat your employees like children and you're going to complain when they act like children. Well, no, what I'm saying is, I think, again, what we're saying is best case, but in real life out there, I think there are people that abuse the system. So what, what do we do about that? So you let them within, within the boundaries of what the, uh, the business can, can absorb, which should be, it shouldn't have to be very, very much. Cause I think most people in our business, in our line of business are going to want to improve themselves. They're going to do something. And so, yeah, you might have one person in 10 that's going to be a slacker and not use that. And I think it's just the, the nature of the, of the, of what you're letting them do. And okay, they're going to slack. So, so, so we've talked about mastery, autonomy, and purpose, right? As being motivators. So if you take away autonomy, that's not going to help. If you take away their time to gain it, to improve it, mastery, that's not going to help. You know what? I don't, I don't know how purpose fits in here, but hey, Craig, Craig, you, <laughs> you know don't? what? You know what Craig, I would do? You don't? Do you not know? Because it does fit in. Go ahead. It's the I, role of it's the role of leadership, really, to establish a precedent that people, the purpose of people, is to improve, and so and they want they want people to do that, and that's how the the, the leadership triangle stays intact. Because really, what happens if you have the person that's you know not really leveraging that that benefit? They're really not. They're not doing what leadership wants. Here's what I think a good agile team would do to deal with a personality such as the one that Jason has described, that instead yeah. of using the time effectively, this time that we've, uh, we've been allotted to work on self-improvement, instead of using that time effectively, he's uh, playing games on his phone or um, reading silly things on Reddit, looking up kitten pictures, etc. I would speak with Craig, somebody that I knew was using the time effectively, and I'd say, hey, Craig, I've noticed that Jason is not using our self-improvement time effectively. Have you noticed that? And Craig would tell me, yeah, I, I, I noticed it as well. And I would say, how would you feel about joining me and having a discussion with Jason about using his time more effectively during our self-improvement sessions, because if he continues down this path, he's going to ruin it for all of us. So who are you asking, Craig or me? No, I'm not asking anyone. I'm just just saying you would do that. I'm providing providing you with a way to, to fix the person that is, because that's what happens, right? One bad apple spoils mm-hmm. the bunch is is the is the quote there and and in in the example that you were using yourself to exemplify uh you were being the bad apple and if we mm-hmm. continue to let you 
remain as the bad apple. You will ruin it for us in the eyes of management. So I'll use the whole team approach and I'll maybe even not the whole team approach, but this, uh-huh. this idea of self-organization to get together with uh, some of my fellow team members and take you out behind the woodshed and beat the shit out of you. Well, it follows my suggestion of go to the person first, if that's a feasible option before you go to management and, yeah, and, 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 and address and, it. Well, and to be respectful of the topic here, I, I think we, we've done, I think, at least three episodes on team confronting team members. So right. um, yeah. I think we don't need to go through that anymore. Um, we can look those up or people can look those up at the archive. So, well, you, keep, I, you I, keep bringing up all of these uh, corner cases and edge cases of what if this person's doing that and that person's doing this? Well, because all that's right. that's real life, though. So. All right. What what was Lee's answer to this question? What what are your feelings on the amount of time people should spend on this? Um, I I'm not sure if I if I uh, fit somewhere in between you guys. Um, I understand what Jason was trying to say at the beginning. Oh, which good. Is, say it better. Say it better than for me. I'm obviously. Uh, well, I, I'm going to attempt to say it again. I won't say say it better, but um, I I think what he's talking about. I think is uh, that that people should be if we're pairing, for example, we're always kind of improving. That's one of the things we kind of do naturally. It's not like I can quantify the amount of time I spent improving if I'm learning something while sitting next to somebody and and they're showing me something right. That just happens to be also getting code done um, or just discussing an architectural issue or whatever. We're working at the same time. But we're also improving. And um, but I, I don't think that really goes to and this is what John and Craig are talking about. It doesn't really go to the meat of what uh, the question was intended to, to ask about. But I do think you can you can uh, choose uh, practices and choose processes that allow you to improve the entire time, as Jason is trying to to suggest. So. I so let's get back to to what the uh, the exact amount is going to be. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> it, it might vary among teams. Hey, there's exactly. there's the lawyer in the group over there because there's 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 the there's the undefendable answer, Craig. Uh, he was actually concise about it and, and came right out and said, "I don't know." Instead of spending half an hour, the. <laughs> So here's a question then. This is this is to be kind of a. It's about all these things that um, that Chris mentioned when his question to us. What do you think of a team where if you suppose you have it like John, you're you're a coach, okay? So you go and work with the team and you, you ask the team, "Hey guys, what are you trying to improve right now?" And you get like, uh, you know, like nothing. Like we're just doing our work. Um, is that a problem? It could be. It sounds like it probably is just purely by the fact that they don't have anything at all that they could point to, to say this, you know, this iteration, we are going to work on improving our, um, our commit rate. And we want to, we want to do better at having branches and commit more frequently or something, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, it, it, I would, to me, that would be a leading indicator that there is probably, um, an issue on the team. Maybe they're just not self-aware enough, though. Self-aware in 
in terms of what are they working on improving, yeah, then they're not working on anything to improve no. well, because you have to be aware of it to be there are things to Lee's point there are things that you you happen to abs- accidentally trip and oh, I got better at that because I paired <laughs> with Craig. <laughs> Um, that's great. And congratulations, gold star for you. But what, what, what Chris is talking about and asking about are those, um, those formal times where you're, you're making a conscious effort to do better with code quality, to do better with technical debt, to improve your agile process, to improve your collaboration, not you fell ass backwards into something and got lucky and got better at it. Yeah. I guess if you're spending time specifically on something, you better damn well know what you're spending that time on. So, so I guess, John, you're, you're kind of saying, you know, really if a team is, is reflecting, as we've already said, is something they should do. The recommendation would be that a team should be able to say, Hey, here's what we're trying to improve. And, and it's not a lot of things, you know, cause it, maybe it's, it's small experiments, but they're trying to improve something. Yes. They have, they have clearly identified a, a, at least one thing that they're trying to improve. Yeah. Well, and the thing I like about that to kind of, you know, go back to other threads we've kind of chunked down into is to say that then that to me starts the conversation with really with leadership to say, Hey, you know, we're going to take an hour each day, as you guys are saying, and we're going to, we're going to do a, a, some, some learning, some reading, some work about that. So it, it, it kind of, it, it almost promotes the whole team approach. Cause something I've actually also seen is I've seen teams where, you know, they have the one hour rule as you guys are talking, but it, it's, People just go focus on what they want to focus on independently, which is great, but it, it doesn't really align to what the team's trying to do. So I like the idea of saying the team has a goal of what they want to get better, and then everyone has a focus or they have some time to kind of make a contribution towards that. Or it could just be uh, that the team is high high performing, and so they're not working on improving their agile process. They're not cleaning up any technical debt. but they could decide as a team that they're going to spend some of their self-improvement dollars, if you will, on learning a new technology or playing with something like Docker or Cloud Foundry, Jason, like you were talking about before, or expanding their horizons, right? So it doesn't have to be that it's completely focused on uh, internal things for the team or processes for the team. It could be growing as individuals to make themselves more valuable to the organization. And again, we have to focus on doing these things because it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for you because you're improving in some way, and that has to be good. It's a win for the team, the project, and the company because it's an improvement that is going to make that team and project better, and ultimately the company in the long run. So that could be reading up on a new agile technique, um, reading some blogs about the programming language you're you're using or techniques in, in general. Um, you know, I I spend many hours a day, you know, some in during work time, so more outside of work, you know, reading those blogs, following t- people on Twitter and clicking on links to those kinds of blogs. Any other advice for Chris on how much time to spend on self-improvement? Well, I got, I got one final question about kind of mechanics. And, and I guess, Craig, since you and John both say you do this, this hour a day thing, um, have you, how have you done it? Like, like, I've actually worked with a team where they took a learning break and everyone stopped working for like a half hour. They all, you know, kind of did katas or they read blogs. 
and literally the team stopped. It was interesting. Um, it was a unique environment where we were allowed to do that. Have you ever had anything like that, or how do how do how have you seen this work? Because I'm I'm trying to think how this could go. Hey, I want I, I want to go work on this. No, I want to work on the story, and you're you're both trying to figure that out. I tend to do it in Slack time, and and I tend to do it not as a formal thing, and not necessarily as a asked to do thing, but just you know ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Um, but it's usually in the Slack time that you'd be screwing around anyway. You know, when you don't have a pair and you're reading emails and you're, okay, I finished my email. Now, what do I do? Uh, well, I get to work on something, but that's, a, I'm not gonna that's focus an on opportunity. It. It's for the end of the day. Kanban. It's the beginning of the day. Well, but maybe that personal Kanban is, you know, reading up on things that, that I wanted to learn. So, you know, I, I, I don't need a Kanban for those kinds of things. But you know what? Actually, I would say you do, because if you do and you keep a log of that, that's a really good thing to reflect on. Um, I, I had a team once where we, we, we had what we called science fair, which was like every Wednesday afternoon where people had time to go learn and do stuff. And they some of those we had some spikes that were officially on the board that we were doing for our product that we had to figure out. But some people were just gung ho that they would hack stuff up at night um, on their own time. And every um, and it, so every Wednesday afternoon, we had a, like a one hour science fair where each person had like 10 minutes to give a lightning talk to other people on the team about what they had learned. And we went around the room and everyone did their little lightning talk. It was fun. And it was in addition to our retro. So that was another hour there. But most of the work that people did to get ready for that science fair was pretty much done on their own. So it was a neat thing. And I'll clarify here for Jason, uh, back to the question that you asked initially about formally using that time, that I've never worked with a team that has said, I'm going to have uh, from the hours of X to Y in which I can do self-improvement. What I have seen and what I have coached with teams is that you're, you're overall deciding as a group, we want to, let's say, I'm going to go back to the code commits and code, uh, code check-in thing. They want to get better at committing code in smaller increments. So the the time that they're going to spend then is the additional time that they have to think about that, talk about that with their pair, or talk about that with the team and ask other people, do you think that this is a, a small enough commit? Is it too small? Is it too big? That's the time that they're spending improving. And it's it's less about formally saying I'm going to close the IDE down for a while and I'm going to read this blog or I'm going to read a chapter in this book. And it's more about just taking extra time as you're doing your normal job to be more intentional about the improvement that you want to make. If you want to improve with writing tests, you spend more time focusing on writing well-written quality tests. So you take extra time to get yourself better at doing that ability or that activity and it slows down your ability to churn out stories and features but again that's that's that improvement time that you've said okay yes we're going to use some amount of time throughout the sprint for improvement hey john are you doing that experiment right now like trying to get smaller commits no Oh. No, it, it would just, I don't know why that popped into my brain. I would say because that would be an I would love to see someone do that. I'll say this to the listeners. Try this experiment that John wants to do with smaller commits and set it up so you can measure the time elapsed between commits and the number of lines in each commit 
And that would be a fascinating ratio to plot over time to see how you're doing. Because your, your goal would be you want to see the trend line go down of the ratio. I kind of picked that one because I like small commits and I do that myself. But it's also, it's also uh, something that you can quantify. You can automate the collection of that information. Yeah, and you can plot it, which would yeah. be really awesome to see. I just, it'd be really cool. So again, there's a there's a quantitative metric that you can um you can easily compute to make make an experiment understandable. So I, I selected that example in defense of some open ended MBA style question that I could have perceived maybe getting from Jason Tice at some point during. Well, uh, trust me, I'm the biggest advocate for the happiness metric, you know, even with all my MBA buddies, you know, to say if you and it's funny, they're warming up to it to say that there's a lot to they're finally learning about happiness and play and keeping people engaged at work. And they say, you know what, we should measure that. And they think it's kind of funny to do the red card, yellow card, uh, the, the, the color card thing with red cards and, and green cards. But they do agree it works. So. I would like to ask Craig a, a question about the happiness card, the happiness measurement activity, because some friends of mine happen to work on a non-agile team, uh, but they have a process that is, it's not, it's not agile, but they have kind of a stand-up meeting every morning and they actually have to self-rate their happiness. But there's nothing demonstrable that happens if you say frowny face or smiley face and they have like they have like a scale of you know frowny face to happy face sort of sort of thing so they they fit in you know it's a one if it's the total frowny face and five if it's the total happy face so what should what should we do or what could we do with that information um so when when it was going down we tried to talk about some things that had made it go down but Day to day would be tough. You know, we did it every week or maybe every other week. But I, I can't imagine day to day um, taking that day to day. It's funny. I know multiple groups that have done it, um, including groups that I've encouraged, but also groups that just did it. And they they'll do it either, like I said, with the cards or they'll do it. Um, a lot of people set up the, like a quick online survey where you could just take it every day and you just anonymously rate yourself, and then you have the data to discuss. And so it's it's fascinating. So do you compare individuals against themselves as well? Uh, the way that I've done it is... And are they anonymous? Uh, the way I do it, it's, it's team-based, so it's anonymous. But the cool thing about most of all, I'll share the online survey tools, since they record the time and everyone votes typically at the end of the day, you can actually plot a histogram through the week of you know the days when it was really awesome and the day when it was really bad. And it's interesting that they have, again, take that into a retro and throw the histogram up and you say, hey, let's talk about what happened this week. And well, why, why did Wednesday, why was Wednesday really bad? Oh, Wednesday's our demo. And oh, every time we go to do a demo, it's, it's like a last minute mad dash to get ready to get everything actually loaded to the demo server. And oh, it's been that way for three weeks. So if you have data to me, that's a conversation to say, let's let's challenge ourselves to do better and say, what are we going to get out of this retro so that our goal next week and our hypothesis is that we want to have less red red marks on our Wednesday when we're getting ready for our demo. You know, Jason, uh, that's a I think that's a good idea, that histogram approach that you mentioned for teams. Um, remember Dr. Greenway from Agile Games. What's his first name? Uh, Roger. Dr. Roger Greenway, 
he had us do an exercise uh, similar to that, but he had us do it as individuals. So he would pair you off and then you would, he would give you a length of rope and he yeah, would you have the rope you histogram, yeah. use the rope on the floor on a table to make a histogram of your past week or two weeks or whatever it was. And then what he encouraged the partner to do is make observations of your rope and say, it looks like you were pretty low this day. What went on that day? Tell me a story about that. And then they would, you would engage in a conversation with your partner to talk about um, how you maybe could deal with that, improve that. But you know, something for me personally is that um, I think I even have a histogram throughout the day, right? I mean, I might be really crabby in the morning because the kids were a pain in the butt getting them to school or I had a, you know, I had a rough, uh, I didn't get enough caffeine yet. I mean, it, my mine goes up and down, I think, throughout the day. So Sleep or back pain or there's all kinds of things yeah. to be outside and be, of work. Well, and to be fair, what we're talking about here, I mean, this is, I mean, this is relevant for Agile, but it's, it's also, uh, it's really just being, uh, I want to say, uh, elements of a, a feedback culture, you know, where you're thinking about being courteous and, and hospitable to others. A great example. I need to find the picture. Um, I know I have a, as you guys know from recent episodes, I have a kindergartner and they do a thing in their PE class when they leave the gym. They've got a big poster where they talk about sportsmanship and it's got like, you know, I, I cheated and it's got like, you know, I was a good sport. and It's got like five levels. And as they go out the door, everyone high fives the um, the chart on where they were and people can see that. So it's kind of like to say, yeah, you know, hey, I really want to hit the top spot. But at the same time, I. I wasn't nice to people, so I, I can't hit the top spot. So this idea of evaluating this is really good, and it, it's all over the place. So I, I would say it's something that people need to think about doing more of. That'd be another fun sort of thing to do where you're dropping a box, uh, a card in a box at the end of the day as you walk out. I had a really great day or I didn't, yeah. you know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the card thing. The only problem is if you do that, you really can't then do this histogram. And to me, the histogram, it, again, it, if, if you're struggling with having good retros on your team, Take this as we're saying it, set up a simple survey where every day people can rate the day on a one to five scale and ask the team to do it anonymously. And then if you pull that date up for about a week in your retro, you will have a great retro guaranteed. And that's all you need to to get started. All right, I'm going to try and summarize uh, Chris's question, or I'm going to try and summarize our what the advice that we have provided on Chris's question about the amount of time to spend as a team on on self on on improvement as an overall team. First, I think one of the things that we said was that you should be transparent. Everyone who's involved with the team, stakeholders, management should understand that the team is spending some amount of time doing improvement. Then, secondly, I think that you should agree as a team on what it is you're going to spend your time on to improve, and you should have some justification for why you need to spend spend that time improving and make sure that there's some sort of value attached to that so that everyone is clear that having this and making these changes is going to add value. And we mentioned using the scientific approach where you come up with some sort of suggestion that has a hypothesis as to how it will improve the team and gives you some way to measure that and say, did we improve or didn't we improve at a future point in time, maybe a retrospective where you're looking back and thinking about how that improvement went. This week's hottest picks. Lee, you're up first with your pick this episode. Well, for Christmas this year, 
Uh, I got a great book that I want to plug. Um, and a lot of people probably have heard of this guy. His name is Randall Monroe. And he's the creator of the XKCD uh, webcomic. Um, and he wrote a book called What If? Um, little known to some people that along with doing the XKCD comic, Randall also does this, uh, this blog where people can post what if questions that are really some strange sort of questions. Uh, but he takes them and uh, comes up with really scientific answers to those things. So just if you want some, some uh, inspiration for taking the scientific approach for coming up with, uh, with new things, just the fact of all of the data that Randall puts together and comes up with to, to answer some of these questions uh, is really uh, amazing. And so you should check it out. It's, it's humorous, but it's also, you learn a lot of trivia there. Um, so, for example, did you know that the Richter scale actually has negative values? I didn't know that. I had until no meeting. idea. Yeah. What? That it has, yes. So uh, a one is just um, how much a, is, a, is a particular level of the earth moving, but a negative one still has, still has value. It's, it's something like the, uh, the entire um, Dallas Cowboys uh, front line uh, running headfirst into your garage. I think that That's was the example not, you used. Lee, Lee, a better example would be, again, when Amos belches on this agile life, there's a negative uh, one for you. No, that's more like a that's more like a negative ten. Ah, uh, so poor poor Amos. Yeah. Okay, maybe a five if it's a really good one. Anyway, this is a great book. Check it out. I thought it was a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait to take a look at that and see some of that. It really is amazing how much effort that Randall must have to put into answering those what if questions. It wasn't number one, like, what if I threw a baseball at 90% of the speed of light and it, like, basically yeah. blew up the whole city that the stadium was located in because it, you know, colliding with the air at that speed is just something that big colliding with air at that speed is just so much energy. It's ridiculous. Yes, but he goes and into he excruciating goes into detail into exactly what happens every yeah. microsecond. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, oh, there's another he, one where it's, uh, what if there was a planet, like, if we cover the moon in mice or something, and it's like, well, they'd compress themselves and you'd have one big hairy mass. mass. <laughs> like, right. He, he takes everything to the extreme. It's so hilarious. Yep. It, it, it was pretty cool. He also has a TED talk there where he talks about the, the one with the, uh, the throwing the baseball. Good pick, Lee. Thanks. Jason, what do you think, have for us? I think that might be the world record for the longest pick ever. Oh, no, you hold that. No, I have like 10, but they're shorter. So I only, I have, two, I only have two to speak since the, the theme of all the my picks are always like conferences. So I got a different, I got a, I got a spin on conferences this week. Um, this Agile Life super fan, Joe Barnes, he, uh, he's actually speaking at UberConf in July 2015 in Denver on Scala and JavaScript. So uh, go check Joe out. He's, uh, he listens to the podcast and uh, is a great guy. And you can ask him lots of crazy questions about why he likes This Agile Life. So check him out in uh, July in Denver. I thought and we were the other supposed to have a Joe Barnes free podcast this week. Oh, I'm week? sorry. I th well, it was oh, last man. week. And, oh, okay. Okay. And, and last week, if you know the... For our Ooh. listeners, that podcast assurance project failed. So, um, oh no! 
Yeah, so the other one we're plugging is we're plugging this Agile Life video, which I've been experimenting with. I've learned a lot about how to record ultra widescreen multi-channel video out of Skype and then how to compress it down to um, something that is postable on YouTube. And what that means is all of you, if you ever want to see what this looks like in real life, you can watch it now. Um, so we've got some links out there for episode 71, um, which is our most recent, um, our episode prior to this episode. And then this episode 72. So if you watch the video things, you'll see Craig's cat walking yeah. around. With this microphone <laughs> uh, you'll see um, me doing the thing like what like o'reilly does with the pen pointing uh, at john you'll see john going crazy to punch me like because he doesn't like nba so the video is actually a little pretty is entertaining um so don't you don't have to listen to the whole thing just just pull it up and forward to some random spot and just start watching it and i think you'll get some entertainment value out of it and of course when amos shows up you can always see what beer he's drinking at night so um anyway so check our videos out there on youtube and those are my hottest picks, John. That's it. Done. Thank you for your, for your hottest picks. And I think what we've proven is that the only way to have a Joe Barnes free episode is just not to record. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Because it's also the only way not to have any bugs in your code, right? You just don't write any. Yes. Boom. Okay. I'm going to do uh, a shameless plug along the lines of conferences Jason was mentioning, mentioning Joe Barnes speaking at UberConf in July. I'm going to be speaking at Agile and Beyond, the 2015 variety, since it's this year, uh, up, in April, up at uh, Dearborn, Michigan in April. So I've got a link to that conference in the show notes, and tickets are still available. So if you are in and around the Dearborn, Michigan area, and you'd like to come and hear me talk and say hi, Sign up for that conference. See John show. See John show. Oh boy. It's so, he's so disturbing sometimes. Okay. Most of, most of the time. Craig, what are your hottest picks this episode? All right. Uh, the first one is a blog entry by Amy Hoy. And I didn't realize it's uh, over two years old from 2012. It's called why blacksmiths are better at startups than you. And it talks about, basically how we learn skills. And um, so blacksmith is, is a skill that just, it's, it's, a, it's a craft and it takes a lot of time to learn. And, and you'll, you'll be really bad at it for a long time. And modern Americans are bad at that. They don't know how to deal with that. And they, they get all huffy, like, well, I should be making faster progress than this. And they just don't know how to deal with it. And this talks about um, the differences and, and how we can learn from those differences um, between those master crafts and, and the things we normally do. Um, the second one is called why numbering should start at one. And um, I've been playing around with programming language design and made it one of my, uh, my new year's resolutions to work on my programming language this year more. And um, so one of the questions is should array indexes start at zero or should they start at one? And most languages, um, I don't know when it started, but I know C at least is very zero based and most languages are deriving from C and Perl and Ruby and all the ones that sort of derived along that lineage are, are zero based. But I, I believe there's a couple that are one based. And um, I think uh, Pascal was one based and I believe Smalltalk was one based. And so I, I'm trying to figure out which one I should choose. Should I choose what everyone else has chosen pretty much? Or should I choose the thing that maybe makes a little more sense in this day and age? Like, especially if I have a ray dot first, 
should that be the same as array square bracket zero? That that seems weird to me. So just a, a, a thought to think about why, why do we start at zero and is that still a valid reason now? I can almost bet that there's like reams and reams and reams of documents that have been written explaining ah. why why it's important that it started zero. Uh, uh, Dijkstra has an, uh, an argument on it and, and it's not very good when I go and look at it. I'll give you <laughs> one. Got a, he's got a link to that in this, in this. I'll give you one reason not to do it uh, because Visual Basic used to start their numbering at one. I've been, I've been offered the suggestion as a, to compromise and use 0 0.5, but I don't know if that's a good answer. <laughs> Perfect. That, that's it. That, that's the solution right there. Uh, another one is to, to allow the user to change it, and that's probably even worse than 0 0.5. Oh, yikes. Definitely. Good picks, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, that's all we have time for today. Check out thisagilelife.com for these show notes. And while you're out there, you can sign up for our newsletter. Just give us your email address. We'll send you our top 10 Agile resources. Those are not people, just so we're all clear. You'll get those delivered very speedily to you in your email, and then you'll be able to get emails from us in the future. We'd love to have you send us email and let us know if you have any suggestions for the show. Thanks for listening and keep living this Agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.